Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Coffee and Football, presented by Adam Lowy and the Lowy Law Firm. I'm your host, Blake Monroe, where I'm joined each and every morning by Bobby Burton and Jerry Hamilton, both of On3 and Inside Texas. And guys, big Blake, news what up, Blake, I was here at 7. Where was everybody? <laughs> There's a lot of people here. There's a lot of people here. Sorry about the programming error, but normal start time. But yeah, huge news day, guys. I mean, just all around news. And let's start with, Jerry, some of the big news that you dropped yesterday. And I'm not even going to spoil it. I'm going to let you tell everybody. Yeah, so I posted uh, last night about 10.51 or 2. I can't remember what time on Inside Texas. Xavier Phil same five-star safety, committed to Florida Gators, uh, was on campus, watched practice yesterday with his father. We've been talking about this. When was Texas going to get Phil same on campus? Well, there you go, Texas fans. It happened yesterday. Uh, he remains scheduled to be at the Florida Florida State game Saturday. But I'll say this. I don't think it'll be the last time he's at Texas before signing day, uh, as of today. Things can always change, uh, but we'll see. But that's huge for Texas to get Xavier Philsame and his father on campus. The next step would be to get probably Philsame and his mother on campus, who lives in Orlando, Florida, who obviously would prefer her son go to Florida. But here's the thing I'll say. Phil Same, he's a, I look, I talked to him, been around him at McKinney, talked to people that know him. Well, he's his own man. He's going to make the decision that he feels like is best for him. If that's Florida, it'll be Florida. If it's Texas, it'll be Texas. And I think, obviously, his father being in Texas, his mom being in Florida. I But I think he's going to make his own decision. What Texas has going for them is the same thing Florida has going for him. He feels like as an early enrollee, he sees a path to go in and compete right away at a safety position. Obviously, for Texas fans, they're like, yes, come on down. <laughs> um, Xavier Philsame sees he has a vision. He can see that he can come in and compete at Texas. He also sees the same thing at Florida. Uh, what's been so fascinating to learn about his recruitment, Bobby and Blake, is he grew up a Florida State fan, and FSU messed that recruitment up. Else he'd have been locked in, and it would have been over. I mean, Florida State literally came by McKinney, I think, when he was a – junior and he was wearing like florida state like type of underwear type of thing under his football pants and 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 showed the florida state state coach and i think the florida state coach said something that didn't really make him happy (laughs) so hey jerry i I noticed something i i think it's great because you were you were hinting around the idea that he might make a midweek visit uh he ended up doing that as you said uh but let's talk about him a little bit as a prospect i mean i read I was reading Inside Texas this morning before we get, got going here and before you and I had a chance to talk. He ran a 10-5-2, 100-meter. As a sophomore. And then he was a little banged up last spring. He only ran, I think, a 10-9-11. But he wasn't healthy, 100% healthy for track last year as a junior. His sophomore year, 10-5-2, fully automatic time, 22 long jump. And he, he's a six foot 190-pound. I have some uh, some pictures of him on that Inside Texas thread about Phil Same. Some pictures from when I was at McKinney a few weeks ago. I mean, he's a built kid now. You're, we're not talking about a wiry type of kid. We're talking about six foot 190, 195. Uh, so he's got some explosive power uh, in those legs. That, that's that's crazy to me because we talk about this. I mean, Texas needs speed at safety. Yeah. Derek Williams is plenty fast. Now, he's not a speedster, but he's plenty fast. Uh, they add speed at safety, get speed at corner. Look, I just headed in the right direction, man. That's all I can say. 
right now. Heading yep. the right direction. And the other thing I uh, dropped yesterday on Inside Texas, Evan Stewart uh, expected to hit the portal. Um, people, Some people are like, well, he already has the portal window. Why didn't he jump in the portal? I mean, we'll see. Some things, sometimes these things uh, take time. Um, but, uh, look, he's expected right now to hit the portal. Can things change? Sure. It's college football. It's NIL. Uh, but he's he's expected to hit the portal. I was also told it's not likely he's traveling to LSU this weekend. Um, so the schools that were mentioned were Alabama, Ohio State, Texas, and Oregon. And we'll see. Uh, we'll see who makes the real strong push for, for Evan Stewart out of those schools. Uh, but he does have interest in Texas uh, should he hit that portal when ex- and he's expected to. The Alabama, Oregon, Ohio State, um, Texas. What were those the schools you heard, Jerry? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A- Alabama, Ohio State, uh, Texas, and Oregon. Those, those are the schools, the main schools I've heard. Uh, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. So we'll see if anybody enters the mix. We'll see if it is one of those teams maybe doesn't make a push for him. Uh, I think that stuff we'll find out here once he and officially jumps in the portal. Do you think there's uh do you think Jerry that there's any kind of indication that he's waiting to see who the Aggies get as a head coach? I know look, and let's be let, let's also circle back here. He's not the only one at AM that's likely to enter, okay? Right. But that's the one we've heard direct information on. And that's the only reason why we're putting that out there. But my point is could other Aggies enter the portal if the coaching hire goes sideways or what have you? Look, I think the, the rea- this is the reality where we're at in college football. What makes Evan Stewart different than me, Bobby, is that it's in question whether he's even going to play. And he, I, I was told not expected to make the trip to Baton Rouge, which that's different than the other guys, right? The other guys are still playing. Um, so if he doesn't even if he doesn't play this week and he doesn't make the trip, I, I that's a different level. Uh, to me, but here's the thing. This is where recruiting. I mean, this is where college foot not recruiting. This is where college football's at. There's people in the collective uh, reaching out to AM players, say, "Hey, don't do anything yet. Don't jump in the portal yet. Um, we got something coming next week." So, I mean, and what's coming next week? And, and I said this on Inside Texas yesterday. I, I was told that AM has their guy, and it'll be announced by next Wednesday at the latest. Um, so that's part of college football now, right? Bobby, you have a coaching change. It's the coaches don't know if they're going to be there. They're trying to coach to get a team ready to play LSU. It's your guys in your collective, uh, that are out there talking to the kids say, Hey man, don't jump into portal yet. Hold on. We got things under control. Give us a week. I mean, Bobby, isn't that reality where we're at? And it, it you know, it, it almost makes me feel like college football in that regard is turning into like pro baseball. They yep. can they can shove off the managers as long as they keep the players under the contract and bring somebody else in. Yep. You know, and you know, okay, if you're going to pay seventy six million dollars to a manager, more power to you, I guess. Uh, but that's where it's headed. the The thing that's interesting to me is those players could get similar money elsewhere. Right. And they they bought into a And M because of Jimbo's vision and those coaches there. the The names that we're hearing right now, Jerry, in particular would likely keep the defensive staff, which I think is interesting, right? Because that's where the majority of the players they want to keep actually are at. Yeah. And I don't think they're really trying to keep, you know, a lot of these offensive linemen that keep giving up sacks. They're, they're more concerned about the defensive linemen that they brought in that they probably paid pretty good money to 
Yeah. Uh, and keeping those guys, maybe some DBs as well. And, and those DBs. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you look, I mean, you got guys like Bryce Anderson, Jacoby Matthews going into year three. I mean, those are guys are now becoming experienced players. Obviously, a guy like Bryce Anderson's a future draft pick um, along with those D linemen. But yeah, I mean, look, Texas, Texas A&M can't lose. If those defensive linemen hit the portal, they suddenly have a rebuild. Right now, they don't necessarily have a rebuild. Not at all. Not at all. But if they lose half those D linemen, then they suddenly have – they're in a different mode. They're in a rebuild mode, Uh, to your point. I mean, I I was – you know, we talked about yesterday, Bobby. uh, There was three names that I heard. uh, Jed Fish, Mike Elko, and Lance Leipold. Well, we said – you know, you told us it's not Lance Leipold. That one's not happening. So – uh, Mike Elko's what interviewed twice with Michigan State. Um, now there could be somebody that's not even being talked about, right? That it could be somebody not even being talked about that jumps out there. Jeff Trailer's been mentioned. The other thing I was told yesterday is pot power five, though. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be trailer as of right now. Yeah, so that would that wouldn't mean no trailer. Um, I think what's interesting is I think the the old the old money at AM really likes one coach. And the new money at AM wants to go a different direction, which happens a lot with all these searches, right? Um, but yeah, I mean, so it, well, it, we'll see. But it's only a week, a week away when AM names their head coach. And I'll say this: there's no chance, Bob. We've been you've been doing this a long time. No chance it holds till next Wednesday if they, if they actually have their guy, as we heard. There's just no chance it'll start leaking out late in the weekend. Uh, but the key there is is the why that's important for Texas fans is look, Texas is sitting there trying to flip. Ty Anthony Smith, if AM names their coach by next Wednesday, let's just say it's Tuesday, it won't last till Wednesday, um, then they have time then, and that's before the portal window opens. And that's what's so key if you go through a coaching change now, um, is you have, to, you have to have your ducks in a row, you have to have your search, you have to be thorough, but you do have to make a decision. Because otherwise, you're going to lose a third of your roster to the portal, and you're re- if you have a really good class and AM has a round of top 10 class, those guys are going to start peeling one by one by one, and you're going to be sitting there with nothing come December 20th and wondering how we're going to put this thing together. I think uh, you look at it, Jerry, and one of the things that I'm interested in, as you saw that report, uh, Ross Bjork uh, saying that he hopes to have a, a the AD at AM says he hopes to have a, a replacement in place uh, before the December 4th portal opening. That would fall in line with that Tuesday, Wednesday timeline that you heard. Yeah. The other thing that is that is of note that we all need to take note of is this. Uh, they are saying it is a power five coach. Yes. Not so that wouldn't that would preclude. That's what is being told among the players at AM. Yeah. Is what we're hearing. It'd be a power five coach. Uh, so that takes trailer out of it, even though we know he is interviewed. Okay. It also takes out guys like Dan Campbell and Dennis Allen, AM grads who are now head coaches in the NFL. Yeah. Um, or even an Aaron Glenn, who's a defensive coordinator. Yep. So put it, they're talking power five. That would fit Jed Fish. That would fit Mike Elko. Um, or, I was told or, or, or the or the candidate nobody knows that just gets announced. And uh, gets, could, yeah, it could be somebody crazy like James but, Franklin. But, but here's the other thing, Bobby. I mean, let's put that out there. I mean, that could be James Franklin. It could be, I mean, Shane Beamer. I I don't know. Uh, Dabo Sweeney. I mean, <laughs> name your guy. Well, right? here's the other thing, though, Bobby. If they're naming a coach by next Wednesday, and I do believe this to be the case, then it's not somebody coaching in a conference championship that has a chance to go to the playoff. 
that DeBoer, Dan Lanning, those dreams. Eh. Yeah, that's fair. Yep, that, that's fair. Um, look, if you're just joining us, we've had a couple hundred people join us from the last in the last 10 minutes, five minutes since we started. Jerry reported uh, late last night that Xavier Philsame, the safety out of McKinney, Texas, visited Texas yesterday in a midweek visit. Uh, Jerry had thought that might happen. It did indeed happen. He confirmed that yesterday uh, with someone at uh, um, at uh, McKinney High. Second piece, uh, Evan Stewart, the wide receiver out of Texas A&M that was one of the nation's top receivers uh, coming out of high school, has had a successful career thus far at, a at Texas A&M, has been out the last couple of weeks. Jerry reporting that he is likely to enter the transfer portal uh, and that Alabama, uh, Texas, Oregon, uh, as well as Ohio State, thought to be among the teams uh, under consideration. We'll see. Uh, Jerry, Jerry did uh, to your to your point, Jerry. You did leave it out there and say expected. Uh, we're not saying that he's in or going to for sure right. be in, et cetera. But uh, would Texas be interested in that one? Yeah, probably. Because if you want to uh, Xavier with Xavier Worthy going pro, if you want to immediately uh, replace someone that has that type of speed and ability. On the outside, uh, Evan Stewart fits that role uh, pretty pretty impressively, and he does have a pre pre existing relationship with a lot of players on the Texas team, as well as uh, quarterback Quinn Ewers, who we believe is going to end up uh, end up uh, staying an extra year as we uh, uh, we as we uh, how do I want to say it as we reported two weeks ago, uh, at least ninety percent chance is what I was told that Quinn Ewers returns next next year. By the way, some people are asking about Xavier Philsame. Yes, it was him and his father at the Texas practice unofficial visit yesterday. Just a one-day visit. All right, guys, before we move on to the next segment, we have a super chat here that's kind of on the subject, or that is on the subject of what we've been talking about from Z from T, or from the T, and he wants you to call your shot on who you think the next Aggies coach will be. <laughs> I man, look, I don't, I'm, I, don't call, I don't talk to Ross Bjork, so I mean, I don't. Um, I think it's Jed Fish. I think it's Jed Fish, guys. The the Arizona head coach. There you go. Uh, who, by the way, is 15 and 22 in his career as a head coach. But has done a great job at Arizona. Yes. No, 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 no doubt. Went from one win to going to be nine, which is pretty good. I mean, he's cool. done a good job in his first opportunity. Yeah. But the interesting thing, if, if it's Jed Fish, he and DJ Durkin were on the same staff at Michigan under Jim Harbaugh. Something to know. Yep. All right. Well, the other big news as it pertains to the Longhorns is the college football playoff rankings came out last night. Texas still holding Pat at number seven, Alabama at number eight. So still in front of the tide. What's y'all thoughts? I think about what we expected. Look, <clears throat> Washington bumped. Uh, Florida State, and I, and I don't think that had anything to do with Jordan Travis's injury. I think Washington went on the road and won at Oregon State. They beat a really good team, and their resume is better than FSU. Um, <clears throat> so I, I think that's what happened with that. Texas stays ahead of Alabama. That's the to me the con committee is being very consistent with that. It's going to be hard for them to turn around on the last week and say, oh, no, well, we reconsidered Alabama's going to go ahead of Texas. They're telling you right now that the Texas win over Alabama means something in that room. And, and whether if, So if Texas wins out, 
even if Alabama beats Georgia in the SEC title game, Al, I, the committee, I think, is telling us right now that Texas win in Tuscaloosa by 10 means something. Uh, and I think that's the best news for Texas. But I think it's pretty simple, Bobby, for Texas. If Florida State loses and Texas wins out, they're going to be in. And the reason they're going to be in is because Ohio State or Michigan, one of them's going to lose this week. And Washington and Oregon, one of them's going to lose this uh, when they play in two weeks. I, I think if Texas wins out, I think this thing's going to take care of itself. And I know people are saying, what if Alabama beats Georgia? Are they really going to lose George, leave Georgia out? It, it's This is a different year if Oregon is a one-loss 13-12-1 and 12 and 1 conference champion. Texas is a one-loss 12-1 and 1 conference champion. Uh, Ohio State's an undefeated conference champ. It's not like you could move Georgia in and say, all right, well, this Texas team has two losses. They're not really that good, even though they won the Big 12. Okay, this Oregon team has two losses, and they won the Pac-12. They, these are teams that are ranked ahead of Alabama. If they went out and they win their conference, and Oregon beats undefeated Washington, and Texas wins out and has a win over Alabama, I think the committee is kind of – I think they've kind of told you what's going to happen here. There's only two teams that throw the ball well in the SEC right now, Georgia and Missouri. Yeah. I want to put that out there. Yeah. I mean, the rest don't throw well, the LSU. Ball. Oh, LSU, I'm sorry. So, yeah. so three teams that throw the ball well in the entire conference. Texas throws the ball re relatively well, and that was ultimately Alabama's kryptonite. Yeah, they gave up thirty-four points. I, I look. I I think that that's part part of what the the SEC needs to guard against when they start thinking that they're necessarily going to and deserve to get in over X Y Z team from whatever conference. Um, the the SEC has been behind the eight ball. I mean, they don't throw the ball very well in that conference historically. Um, and I, I uh, even Ole Miss with a offensive coach doesn't necessarily, they throw it pretty well, Zane, but they don't throw it great. Uh, I, I, anyways, my point being uh, that uh, I, I think that only one SEC team gets in regardless. Yep. I also think another, this is another thing I believe uh, that all Texas really needs in this scenario is two things. Win out, have to win out, period. Florida State loss. Yeah. Florida State loses, then the ACC is out of it, unless unless somehow Texas loses, and then Louisville could actually jump in too with a one-loss team. But Texas Texas wins out. Either George, one of the SEC teams, Georgia or Alabama is in, one of the Big Ten teams, either Michigan or Ohio State, and one of the Pac-12 teams. The ACC is the team that gets left out because Florida State was the best team in that league, clearly, but they just lost a very impactful player. They're, I mean, they, they lost the, the straw that stirs the drink in Jordan Travis. I mean, period. That's not like losing uh, Jonathan Brooks for Texas. Jonathan Brooks was a running back. They replaced him with a really good running back. You, you don't have a, another Jordan Travis that has led your team for the last two and a half years, and the playoff committee has said they will take into account injuries. Do you think do you think Florida State would be undefeated with the backup quarterback this year? Hey, here's where FS the FSU gets and, and I think Jerry, I think that's why they drop below Washington. Not just because of not just because of the Washington beating up on people in Oregon State, but I think they drop because they lost Jordan Travis and that playoff committee says is saying, eh, 
We need to drop them. Here's the interesting thing with Florida State for me. Okay, there's two scenarios with them. What if they lose, they're out, obviously. If they squeak by a Florida team who doesn't have Graham Mertz and then they find a way to beat Louisville, but Tate Rodmaker doesn't play well, does the committee then bump them out? Or they if, could. Or if or do they just keep them in because they're undefeated? The the flip side is if the kid comes in and plays well and they win their last two games, they're gonna be in the playoff. I mean, if the guy comes in and plays well for Florida State, then I don't see see how the committee is going to drop them out if they're undefeated. But if it's shaky, he doesn't play well, they just find a way to win against a 5-7 and seven Florida team, and maybe Louisville punts the ball all over the field, throws it to FSU, and, and the quarterback plays not good. Um, then the committee – I just – Bobby, do you think they could leave him out undefeated? Uh, I think they could. I don't think they will. I don't think they will either. Yeah, I think they could. I don't think they will. Texas, Texas, Alabama, both of them really uh, need FSU to lose. Hi, guys. We've got a couple of questions that's wanting y'all's opinion on the college football playoff scenarios. And real quick, before we get to those, don't forget we have Coach Brian Irwin coming up here in just a few minutes. So be sure to stay tuned for that. But Kyle has two different questions, guys. He says, Jerry, in that scenario, if Alabama beats Georgia, which SEC team gets in? This is where the discussion for the playoffs gets amazing to me, Bobby. Because the one thought that nobody can wrap their head around, except Greg McElroy, is that the SEC doesn't have a team in the playoff. If Alabama beats Georgia, but Texas wins out, and you either have Ohio State or Michigan, and you have Washington uh, or Oregon, and FSU doesn't lose a game, and they keep them in, if it comes down to Texas and Alabama, the Texas get in because they beat Bama. I, I don't know. I, I think there's a lot of ifs there. Um, I don't I, think Georgia's I think Texas would get the spot. I don't think Georgia's losing. <laughs> I mean, that, that'll be my – like of all the things that we're talking about here, the least likely thing to happen for me, unless their quarterback get hurt, gets hurt. Yeah. Okay. I don't see Georgia losing. They they they're on a roll right now, and um, Alabama's hit or miss on offense. I, th- I think the issue with Alabama against Georgia is Jalen Milrow's going to have to throw it at a high level to beat Georgia, and he hasn't had to do that. I I agree. That's what I was trying to tell you. Yeah. Passing game. Yeah. They don't they don't have that, guys. There, there are teams that can stop a quarterback run game. Georgia is one of those teams. Yeah. All right, y'all. We got a super chat that we need to get to. This one from Michael Schuler. Thank you, Michael. He says, hook on from Leander, Texas. Without hinting or naming names specifically. How many starters slash key contributors from this UT team can you see going into the portal? Boy, starters, I don't see any. Um, Now, key contributors, I think that that could happen because, like, I mean, you know, is Austin Jordan or Jalen Gilbo a key key contributor if they're not the starter at the end of May? You know, what what do you think of that, right? I mean, key contributors, it's, it's a, it's a, kind of a, a, a weird term because you don't know where you're, what position you're talking about and how good that player is. But starters, I really don't see Texas losing anybody right. and not an incumbent for sure. 
and probably not anybody that's set to start either. Like that's coming up if Jake Majors is leaving, et cetera, right? So um, those sorts of things I just don't see happening. Okay, guys, then we have another super chat here from the from the T. And he says, just win, let the rest work itself out. As Bobby shakes his head, yes. Hey, look, you can only control, and, and Steve Sarkeesian did a great job with this in the press conference on Monday. You can only control what you can control. And that's how you play on Friday against Texas Tech. Go out and play hard, play smart, focused, capitalize on your opportunities, and beat Texas Tech. Go and make this committee make decisions. That's all you can do. Texas ends up 11-1 and and in the Big 12 championship game playing OU or Oklahoma or OU or Oklahoma State. Go beat them. Avenge your only loss of the season, perhaps. How about that? Hey, by the way, I said on last night's Longhorn live stream, you know what I would do if I'm Sark before this team walks out on the field this week, Bobby? You know what my pregame speech would be? I would have somebody roll in the last Big 12 championship trophy, and I'd have somebody roll in the national championship trophy. And I would sit there, and I'd look to my right at that Big 12 championship trophy, and I'd look to the left at that national championship trophy, and I'd say, guys, this is in front of us, and this is in front of us. Let's go handle business today. That's all I would say. That's all you have to say Friday at 6.15 p.m. Wheel those trophies in and look at it. This is what you've been working for. You're one win away from this one. You're two wins away from having a shot at this one. Go get it done. Pretty simple speech this week. Hell yeah. I mean, look, that's, I agree. So I completely agree. Uh, Bobby, before we move on, I'm going to let you tell everybody about Adam Lowy and the Lowy Law Firm. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Adam and his group at the Lowy Law Firm, uh, Blake, you know this, they take care of people uh, who've been injured in a car wreck or uh, on the job. Uh, they do a tremendous job of giving you a free consultation. Uh, if you've been injured in a wreck or uh, any kind of car prop, any kind of uh, injury on the job, etc., Adam and his team have decades of experience. Give them a call at 512-280-0800. Or visit them at lowylawfirm.com. That's 512-280-0800. Visit him at lowylawfirm.com. I'm happy to say that uh, Adam took on a client from this show a couple uh, weeks back, and, and things look very promising for that person. So uh, best of luck to uh, you guys that uh, may need to call Adam uh, for that kind of reason. Take care now. Thanks, Adam. All right, we have some comments. I think they're just trying to get you fired up here, Bobby, about Brett Yormark. So Good, I'm here for the entertainment. <laughs> yeah, we're going to get to those. And I'm going to start with this one from Justin Dowdy. He says, I want Mark Henry to deliver Yormark out to the 50 to the Undertaker for a choke slam after we beat Tech. Two WWE Hall of Famers and Longhorn fans. And, and Mark Henry's, hey, Jerry, where did, Mark, where did Mark Henry's son end up going to play college football? He's a, he's a senior this year. Uh, I need to check where he's going. I'm sure somebody yeah. in the comments will have that. Um, yeah, if that would be like, I don't know. I, I don't know what to tell you guys. I Look, I don't want to be the this caricature that makes fun of Brett Yormark or uh, that sort of thing, but he's just, he's just done a really crappy job. I mean, he's, he's supposed to be 
the face of a, a conference that's supposed to be uh, uh, interesting and, you know, academic as well as sports. But what he really is, is a WWE promoter. That's what the, the Big 12 hired. And that's what they're getting. And I'm glad Texas isn't going to be part of it. I mean, have you all have you all really have you all really looked at the difference between Greg Sankey? And I mean, a lot of Texas fans don't know him. He's the commissioner of the SEC. If you juxtapose Greg Sankey's demeanor and discussion and, and words and how he acts as the uh, the leader of a conference and pit that against what Brett Yormark is, which is basically uh, this, you know, I don't know, Mickey Mouse type character. I, I think that it's just, it's basically professional versus classless. That's my opinion. Um, Mark Henry's kid finished up at Vandergrift this year. He has some, he has some uh, G5 offers. It's just a little, he's just a little short for a lot of people, but really good. Uh, shot putter uh, as well. Very strong point of attack player. By the way, I, I here's what I'll Brent your mark. Sometimes you uh, post on here or you ask questions or comment. But here's my here's what I would say to you: Walk down Bevo Boulevard and shake everybody's hands and tell them good luck before the game Friday. <laughs> That's what I want to hear that you did. Because I'm interested to see how many drinks are thrown at him. That's all I care about. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, we're going to get off the Brett Yormark talk now and bring in Coach Brian Irwin. And Coach Irwin, how are you doing this morning? You there, Brian? Good morning, guys. How you doing, buddy? I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah, we got, got you. you. How you doing? Doing great. Doing great. How you guys? Good. Hey, we, awesome. we, how you guys doing? Good. We were just talking a little bit uh, about Brett Yormark, but we want to segue now to the, what the real purpose of, the, of this week is, and that's uh, Texas playing Texas Tech on Friday evening. Uh, Brian, you and I talked on Monday uh, a little bit about this. What are some of your keys to this game uh, coming up, in your opinion? I think we need to flip the script from last year. Uh, third downs, dominate on third downs, uh, both sides of the ball. Uh, and then turnovers. And, and if we flip that script right there, we win the turnover battle, especially in the second half, and then we win the third down and fourth downs, we're going to win the football game. Is there any particular – you mentioned that Texas is now, I think, number one in the country in third down percentage for defense. They've certainly flipped mm -hmm. it from a year ago. Um, no doubt. What, what, about, what about the Texas offense? Did you see anything against Iowa State we talked all year long about how Texas has been relatively poor on third and short compared to what, what they should be. Mm -hmm. But they got better against Iowa State. Did you see Texas do anything on third and short or fourth and short that maybe went against the grain or gave you hope that maybe Texas on offense would get better in those situations going forward? I think the two things that jump out <clears throat> was – we still attacked downhill. We, 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 we attacked them, but we did it with a little bit of finesse and a little bit of misdirection, whether it was the fake jet sweep and then, and then the counter dive um, to uh, Cedric Baxter on that one short yardage play. Uh, then, then we had a similar situation where on the two-point conversion, which is a short yardage play, uh, we had great misdirection. Uh, it's really hard to see how Jordan Whittington got that ball. That was just uh, mesmerizing. 
you know, what we did there. But I like the way we attacked and, and, and we still went at them, but we did it with some misdirection in a number of different ways. I saw that same play uh, with the jet sweep and, and with CJ offset, and then we dove him right up the middle. It's all the same play Monday night out of, out of the Kansas City Chiefs. They did the same thing with Pacheco. Um, so it's an NFL style of play, but but we're still attacking. We're not, uh, you know, we're not trying to trick anybody and throw the ball out in the flat or something like that. We're still attacking with the run game. And then the second thing was huge play action pass uh, with Jordan Whittington. And the way Jordan Whittington came down to, to crack on the outside linebacker, safety saw that. He'd done it all game long. Jordan Whittington had done his work and uh, faked that crack block and ran a crack and go, and we're wide open uh, on the deep ball to Jay Whit. Right, what did you say? Co- UT Boy says, Coach, we need to check Texas oil. <laughs> That's a good one, UT Boy. Uh, hey, uh, hey uh, yeah. the other thing that I would have for you on this, um, you've seen Tech. I know you said you had daughters go to Texas Tech, so you've been up there and watched them for, for a number of years. What do you see that's different in this tech team versus previous years, perhaps? Um, maybe uh, a little bit more um, commitment to playing uh, great defense or trying to play great defense. Um, I know I was there all through the you know Cliff years, and you know they were just airing it out and scoring 56, 60 points a game, but still getting beat. And, um, you know, they weren't playing much defense back in those days. You know, they're trying to play more defense. They're more physical. Um, I think uh, the team continuity, the chemistry, uh, what Joey's building there from a culture standpoint, really, you know, buying into the West Texas region, the West Texas community, um, the brand that they're trying to create, just the style of football overall, just a tough-minded style of football. And then, you know, they're still able to score points air it out uh kitley and what he does you know being a cliff disciple and then and then trying to play a lot better defense with tim deruder tim deruder's been around a long time uh i've studied him for years uh going back to when he was at air force um you know a&m different places so uh he's been very successful as a defense coordinator what kind of defense do does deruder run is it basically the four two five more like texas or do they play that three high stuff You know, I'm not as familiar with what he's doing now. Back back in the you know the day when I studied him a lot, he was a he was a three four guy, and um, just very 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 multiple. Uh, he was one of the first guys to come up with, with the field boundary concept of of playing you know corners and this corner safety to the field, this corner safety to the boundary, this outside linebacker to the field, this outside linebacker to the boundary and getting lined up based on field and boundary versus getting lined up on formation. And, and, and it helps when you're you're playing fast-paced offenses because the defense can get lined up right now. They can get lined up even before the offense sets its formation because all they care about is getting the right guys to the field and the right guys to the boundary. A lot of people don't know this, but one of the reasons why that's so important in the college game compared to the pro game, the college game, the hash marks are actually wider. The pro game, they're, they're – they're thinner, and so yes. field and boundary don't matter much at all. Uh, speaking to, with Brian Irwin, uh, former uh, – well, actually, you're not even a former. You are a two-time state championship head football coach, uh, now in private business. He joins us every Monday on lunch with the coach, uh, along with Blake Monroe and Jerry Hamilton. Uh, Brian, the, the other question that I think that, that people want to know is, uh, 
you know, Texas is in an interesting situation. They're 10 and one. The team's got to be feeling good about themselves after they go up to Iowa state and really take care of business there. Um, what do you think, what do you expect from the Longhorns this weekend coming off a big win? Like they had two weeks in a row going on the road and handling business. What are you thinking right now about Texas and how they'll perform on Friday? I think there'll be a lot of energy in the stadium. Uh, it's a night game. Uh, I'm excited about it. Um, I, I'm going to the game. It's going to be really, I think, the first night game I've been to at, at DKR. Been to some some day games there this year, uh, but excited about that. I think it's going to be jazzed up. I think I think the stadium's going to be hyped up. A lot of energy. Um, it's almost like we're on this, you know, this marathon um, race, and and we've got a quarter mile to go. And all of a sudden that drilling rush hits you. I remember I rode the MS-150 one time and I'd never had ridden more than five miles on a bike and I rode 150 miles, but I'll never forget seeing that last, you know, that last mile of, of the finish line and the adrenaline rush that hits you. And I, I really think that that adrenaline rush is going to hit us. We know we, we finished this thing off Friday and we got a chance to play in the big 12 championship and uh, we're playing the big 12 championship when that one, we got a chance to play in a big one. So uh, there's a lot of hope. There's a lot of excitement. Uh, nothing better than November football, November championship football. So the team's going to be really, really, really jazzed up. The thing you've got to to manage that was always hard for me to manage in, in uh, the high school ranks was senior night. And, and I always stressed very hard about senior night, probably more than homecoming. And because there's a lot of emotions. And sometimes those emotions can get you down. Sometimes you can get a little bit sad and nostalgic and um we always had to really really coach hard and and talk all week about guarding against that not being you know sad or nostalgic it's it's a time for celebration it's time to be jazzed up crunked up like uh the post a while ago we gotta check the hole all night <laughs> there you go all right that's brian Irwin, a former head football coach of the lamar cougars and also over at Flower Mound Marcus, various places around the state of Texas, two-time state champion. Brian, thanks for joining us this morning. I hope to see you on Friday, buddy. Good deal. Look forward to it. Hook them. All right, hook them, coach. You be good, man. All right, uh, Blake, you take it away. We got uh, we got a lot I love uh, hearing from Brian. He's He's got a way with words and uh, a no-nonsense <laughs> approach that I tend to like. <laughs> all right guys real quick one thing i want to say jonathan stoker you put in a super chat we have not got your question with it if you'll just put it in regular i'll make sure to fix that and then we have a super chat guys from archmania he says wit or what position group gets hit hardest and what which group gains the most by the portal i think i think the secondary is going to get hit a little bit jerry because i think they've got some young guys that have actually passed other people manny muhammad for example yeah. has passed people. Derek Williams has passed people. And that that looks like it might be an attrition group for me. What what do you think? Uh, yeah, th that's one. Um, you you kind of wonder about wide receiver a little bit too. Um, does Isaiah Nao return? Does Casey Kane return? I mean, um, the one thing that those guys know about Sark now uh, after this season and we know about Sark is he doesn't rotate wideouts a lot. Yeah, I mean, so – you got your spot or you don't. Um, so I think the writing's on the wall uh, for some of those older guys if they don't have their spot. It's different for 
uh, more in Niblet because they're coming in at slot. Jordan Whittington graduates. Yeah, Jonte Cook just needs to have a little patience, and he becomes a one of the top two guys targeted next year. But if you're not, if you're an older receiver, you're not seeing the field. I don't know, man. Tougher. I, I agree. What about what about what they'll gain the most from? I don't know if they're going to gain two players at any position, right? But I think as far as need goes, um, obviously if there's an interior D lineman, um, that would be a big one. Punter, I think it's a big one. Is there a down? We had Jordan Washington on the show yesterday morning, by the way. He's a midterm graduate. He's got a bright future. If there was an experienced guy that could be a downfield threat at tight end so they can – Really get give Jordan his time, work him in slowly, get that body where it needs to be as he continues to learn that position, learn the scheme, which is not an easy scheme. It helps if you're an experienced tight end at Texas. Uh, if there's something there, um, you know, wide receiver, obviously, is where they're going to have to hit on somebody. And it has to be an impact, really good player. Agreed. They need it. They're going to need it for the explosive nature of it. Yeah. That's what they need. They need more another explosive guy. I know Cook is explosive, but he's not quite Xavier worthy. And by the way, they lose their punt return worthy as well. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. I guess this next question has to do with the portal as well. Jackson Kelso says, do you think Sark would recruit transfers who he recruited in high school but lost out on on the first go around? The answer to that's yes. Well, it's different. The answer to that's yes. They did that with a Jai Hall in a way when they took him off transfer from Bama, right? I think if there's somebody, uh, and I'm not saying from Bama, I do think if there's somebody that they really wanted, Sark really wanted coming out of high school, and he didn't get him, that means he didn't get him at Bama and he went somewhere else and he wanted to jump in, and he's had a really productive college career, I don't think they'd hesitate, Bobby. They didn't hesitate with Quinn Ewers. No. He recruited Quinn at at Bama, and and he chose Ohio State. I I don't see that as being a a deterrent unless there was bad blood uh, at the end of the recruitment. And Sark, the one thing that you hear, and I think you and I both hear this, Jerry, is Sark doesn't create a lot of bad blood when somebody commits somewhere else. Right. In this day and age, I think coaches used to, we would hear these horror stories where literally, I mean, some coaches, when they lost a recruit, would make the kid cry. And say such negative thing. I mean, I'm not kidding. I, no, I, I had some of those conversations back in the day. Um, I, and not just, I mean, I had, I had a guy that was a punter tell me that the coach literally cussed him for 15 minutes. Talk about, I mean, this was, 
kid from Victoria. Holy cow. And so my, my point being that it's a new day and age with the portal and a lot of bounce, bounce backs. Um, and I do, and I agree with this too, Emmanuel Villafranco, the only turnoff would be character issues. If, if there's a character issue that's been um, improved upon or gone the opposite direction, you definitely want to watch out for that because that's what we saw with Ajay Hall and Jaleel Billingsley, in my opinion. I, th I think there's two things with that. If there's two players in the portal of equal talent or close enough in talent, that could be a determining factor. I think the other thing is if there's a guy, and I'm not saying that's had off the field issues, right? I mean, we're talking, you know, pictures and papers and stuff here, right? We're not talking about that. But if there's a guy that maybe it wasn't seen as a good fit or if they think they can get him in the Texas culture that Sark's built, I think they if it's the right guy with the right talent level, um, uh, I think uh, I think they'd be willing to take that risk for the right guy. But you're not going to do that with many guys at all. Hi guys, we got a couple more super chats we have to get to. This first one here from Buddy Pal Chief Big Guy. He says the winner Friday gets the Chancellor Spur for eternity. <laughs> okay, what is it? What is even that? I mean, I don't. I guess that's the Texas Texas Tech yeah. um, stuff. I. Okay. I, look, <laughs> Texas has eternal scoreboard on Texas Tech, whether they win Friday or not, in my opinion. It's because Texas is Texas and Texas Tech is Texas Tech. But that there's there's a different issue here at play. This means so much more than um, – look, Texas has an opportunity to be 11-1 and one and going in the right direction. Obviously, the program's already headed in the right direction, but headed in an, an elite direction. And – you start getting 11, 12 wins, and Jerry Jerry will tell you all this, uh, just like I would have if I were still covering recruiting like I used to. You start getting 11 and 12 wins, everybody wants to talk to you. Yeah. Nine or 10 wins, you get a lot of regional notice, and some people, oh, well, maybe they're good. You start getting in that top five range, top 10 range in recruiting, you're starting to turn down guys that you want to focus, you focus on guys that you wouldn't have focused on otherwise. Just telling you. That's where Sark needs to take this, and that's one of the reasons why Friday is so important. Not yes. to mention, not to mention the Big 12 championship could be, a uh, regular season could be secured. Then you play for a Big 12 championship, and then perhaps you also play uh, for a college football championship. I, I can't tell you how important this game is, yes. irrespective of what, you know, award or whatever is waiting there. Look, 100% what Bobby said, and, and I'm going to add to that. This is a huge game Friday, obviously a huge game for multitude of reasons, but let's just think about for the recruiting from the recruiting standpoint. They, when they beat Alabama this year, that took Texas to a different uh, level in the eyes of prospects. Not 24 class, I'm talking younger guys. But if Texas finishes this thing off Friday and gets to the Big 12 championship game, that's a week. In college football, where only 10 teams are being talked about. And Texas is presented, Steve Sarkeesian's presented nationally on the big stage once again like they were the week of Alabama. Then if you can win that Big 12 championship game, then, the, then you are really the center of college football talk. Does Texas, should they be in the playoff or not? You're in the conversation. 
And then you have seven or eight guys drafted. Look, these kids, these kids are on social media. They see, and it may not be big news to Texas fans, but these kids see that six Texas players are invited to the senior bowl. I mean, six, that's a lot of guys. They're going to start seeing seven, eight, nine guys that could be drafted. If Texas gets this week with before the Big 12 championship game where it's talked about, if Texas wins, are they in the playoff? That stuff is massive for recruiting with younger players. It's massive. Uh, so there is so much on the line for this team Friday, just from a recruiting perspective. If they happen to get upset and they go 10 and 2, they're going to be fine. But if you win now after you beat Bama, it takes you to another level. Because what happened after AM beat Bama, Bobby? They didn't follow it up. No, they they tried to. And they and then NIL came aboard and they went bonkers. All right, guys. Well, as we get close to the top of the hour, uh, we've had about 700 people join us since we talked about the biggest news of the day at the beginning of the show. So I want to reiterate some of that. Jerry, you dropped the big note on Xavier Filsame, the five-star safety out of McKinney. I'm going to let you go over that along with the Evan Stewart news again. Yeah, so uh, Xavier Filsame and his father were on campus yesterday. I, I put that out at Inside Texas last night, about 10.50 uh, p.m., uh, but that's huge news for Texas because he's scheduled to be at Florida Saturday for the Florida State game. Texas, I think, really wanted to get him and his father on campus. They had to. Now it's a recruitment. Uh, before we were talking about it, I said, all right, if he shows up on campus, now it gets real. Now it's real. It's a real recruitment. So him and his father were on campus yesterday, watched practice, hung out uh, with the staff and, and, and some members of the team. So now Texas has got a legit shot at this. He, and I think it was big to get him on campus before he goes to Florida this weekend. Uh, because look, I you know Florida's had two defensive decommits, one being Wardell Mack. I think they're going to have another one here in the next uh, few days. Um, so I, I don't think that they're going to stop the bleeding in that class on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, are there going to be changes on the defensive staff at Florida? I mean, I think we'll find out after you know in the next week or so, or the two weeks, maybe not until after signing day, realistically. But um, that wouldn't be smart. Uh, but look, I think there's a chance that he gets on campus again before December 20th signing period. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, Evan Stewart is just, uh, you know, not expected to travel with the team to LSU as of yesterday. We'll see if things change, uh, expected to, uh, put his name in the portal. And if that happens, if he does that officially, um, I think Alabama, Ohio state, Texas, and Oregon are the four teams you're going to hear. Hey, Jerry, not, Phil Same and, and Stewart are big news. I, I, I saw something on the Florida site that said uh, that uh, DeAndre Robinson, the Orlando uh, defensive lineman, also expected to visit Florida. He's, he had maybe by his name, so we'll see. I got you. Got it. Yeah. So that's that would be a big one for Texas. They don't want to lose anybody, that's for sure. No. Now, I mean, it's interesting that uh, uh, Texas and Florida are really battling in this recruiting class. It and really Texas is. And Auburn. SEC future. Here's your future. Here's your future. <laughs> Hi guys. We got a couple of super chats we need to get to uh, jet Rodriguez here with a big one. And thank you, jet. We appreciate it. He says, what's up guys. First timer here. If we keep taking care of business and end up where we want, could we see one sit down for a bowl game or championship game? Let's go Monahan Lobos and hook horns. <laughs> He's up from your area, Blake. I, uh, hey, Jet, thank you for being a part of uh, OTF, by the way, on Texas football. Um, you know, I do think – I don't think – first of all, yes, welcome. I don't think you see anyone sit 
for the college football playoff. No. Okay. I do think you might see people sit for a regular bowl game. That wouldn't surprise me. It'd be disappointing, but it wouldn't be surprising. It would be disappointing times 10 if they set for a college football playoff game. Right. And I think that, frankly, they would get dinged in the NFL because of it. By by the way, if Texas is wins uh, Friday and wins the Big 12 championship but somehow gets left out of the playoff, there's nobody sitting out that New Year's Six game. You don't think so? I think there may be. No chance. I, and I, no chance. I, I don't see Tavondre Sweat, Merv. I don't see those guys sitting out that game. I see those guys wanting to make a statement. Interesting. Yeah, I was actually going to ask that question, so I'm glad. I'm glad. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I just don't think what we've seen from those guys on the field field this year. If Texas is 12 and one, say, well, man, BS. We should have been there. I don't see those guys sitting out that game. I, I could be wrong. I just don't see it. I think these guys are. I hope it, here's what here's the reality. I hope it doesn't come to that. Right. <laughs> I hope they're there in. <laughs> <laughs> I hope they win Friday and beat whoever they have uh, to play against uh, the the following Saturday. Um, and then we're just we're just having a totally different conversation. That frankly, I mean, look, I, I predicted ten and two preseason, Jerry. So did you? Yeah. Right. We didn't think Texas would be necessarily at this point. We thought they'd try to be creeping into the top 10, right? Yeah. And trying to win the Big 12. Well, we were right about winning the potentially winning the Big 12. We were wrong about creeping in. They're they're firmly there right now. And they've been in the top 10, I guess. How long has Texas been in the top 10 this year? Half the year almost? The whole yeah. I mean, well, since the whole thing. They haven't they haven't, they haven't dropped even with the uh loss to Oklahoma, I think they dropped out of the top 10 maybe briefly. Yeah. But ever since that win at Alabama, it's been it's been a full year of the the bullseye on their backs. Uh, so it's been a tremendous year for Texas, and they just need to keep it going uh, and stay focused on what they can do because they can beat Texas Tech. They should beat Texas Tech. They got to be focused, get after it, work hard, uh, that sort of stuff. Yeah. Well, a tremendous year indeed, Bobby. And Burt Reynolds Jr. here has a super chat that. Uh, recognizes that he says can we all just take a minute and realize how big of an accomplishment it would be for Sark to go from five five and seven two years ago to beating Bama and winning the conference huge huge I mean last year we said five to eight wins eight eight was the number for recruiting purposes if you go seven and five I mean I mean that's a I mean that's okay right um if a hell Florida would take it right now but they needed to make that three win jump and that's why kind of this year I had 10 wins circle. I said 10 and two. That's your next jump. Well, if they go beyond that, I mean, that, that's that's just a great job as far as the trajectory of the program. But they ascended enough from five and seven to eight and four regular season to where people are like, all right, program's headed in the right direction. Kids can see it's headed in the right direction. Uh, got freshmen like Kelvin Banks came in or started. So the young guys had a chance to hit the field. They had a lot of things going for them. Um, but I think, uh, we talked about last night, Bobby, I actually think the number one thing going in this program right now is player development because without player development of some guys that were already on campus, when they got there, they aren't sitting at 10 and one right now. They develop, they've developed players and now they're going to have a more talented roster coming out of high school stacking classes. If that player development 
continues, then you have a chance to do some really fun things. Is there a one-year lag, Jerry, in your opinion? Like, will Texas lag next year unless they do really well in the portal? Like, I, you know what I'm saying? They're graduating so many top-end players. Some juniors are going pro. Is the sophomore class good enough to, to take that take the reins? Well, I, th- I think the portal is key because I think that's where Blue Bloods have such an advantage in college football now for me um, is that you can have a, lot, a year where you lose a lot of really impactful guys, um, but there's no excuse to be a young football team anymore. There's literally, if you're a college basketball blue blood or college football blue blood, you have no excuse to be that to go to the podium and say, "Hey, well, we're an inexperienced, youthful team this year." Why? That means you didn't do a good job in the portal. So I, I don't know if, if I mean if you have a first year starting quarterback, but the, the flip side is the offensive line is going to be well seasoned next year. I mean, well seasoned. Um, yeah, I just go back to this. There's no excuse to go go in front, of, get, sit in front of a podium and say we're a young football team. No, you're not. You have the portal. Then you then that's your fault. What's the next thing you're going to say? <laughs> All right, guys, we got more super chats to get to, but before we do that, Bobby, I'm going to let you tell everybody about Adam Lowy and the Lowy Law Firm. Yeah, absolutely. Adam and his group uh, help people that have been injured in a car wreck or on the job. Uh, Reach out to them at 512-280-0800. Adam and his group focus on results for their clients uh, with a personal approach. Visit them at lowylawfirm.com. Great thing about Adam and his group, they give you a free consultation. uh, So there's no risk involved on your part. Give them a call, 512-280-0800, or visit them at lowylawfirm.com. All right, guys, as I said, a lot more Super Chats to get to, so we're going to jump right back into those. Uh, <laughs> your buddy Brett Yormark, Bobby, is <laughs> just stopping by to say hook them and excited to see the Horns go 11-1 and in person on Friday and head to the Big 12 Championship. P.S. Hey, Bobby, from your buddy Brett. Just so you know, I was told he is not an uh, invite of the University of Texas. Just putting that out there. So if he shows up and is on the sidelines, I'm sure he probably has carte blanche to go anywhere he wants during a Big 12 game. I don't think he'll make it to the president's box at the University of Texas or the ADs. <laughs> Enough said. Right, guys, William Neese says, Happy Thanksgiving, Longhorn family. We have a lot to be thankful for this season. And William, we want to thank you for the super chat. Hook him, William. Thank you. All right, guys, now we're going to switch gears to recruiting as this super chat from Rudy Serda says, and it's for you, Jerry, did the staff back off of Solomon Williams? Um, So I'm not sure the staff backed off, Bobby. I just think they have to make, um, you know, it's, it's I don't know what to say. I mean, we're, we're they've we're, got decisions to make, Jerry. Yes. They've got decisions to make because they're going to be up. Look, if they get what they want in this recruiting class, um, they're 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 in a, a little bit of a numbers crunch until they know who's going into the portal. Yeah, because they have certain needs no matter what in the portal, and so it looks like a numbers crunch. And we'll see where it goes. 
Uh, other, I mean, Solomon Williams is a good player. So Texas wants him. I mean, Alabama wants Solomon Williams. Yeah, that that's not the issue. The issue is okay. Texas wants him, uh, but he's holding off a little bit on his decision in part because A and M doesn't have a head coach right now. Um, in part because some people aren't necessarily pushing for his commitment right now. They're a, Texas is not the only one to wait and see what happens in the portal. I'll, I'll put it that way. Oh, somebody's asking OTF on Thanksgiving. Yeah, we'll have a regular eight to nine show tomorrow morning. Then, you know, we, we are going to have our Thanksgiving show in the morning. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to have, we talked about it. Uh, the only problem is, is that, you know, I wish we were having it at noon so people could see the, the food, but actually, no, I'm going to be with my family at noon tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> my, I picked yeah. my daughter up from the airport yesterday from school. So excited to have, have one on Black Friday as well so yeah OT yeah. up the rest of the week for sure all right guys more super chats here this one from football junkie thank you football junkie he says how many nfl players do we have on the team now not counting this year's seniors what players have the highest ceilings highest how many players i mean i mean it's 25 plus if they all if they all maximize and do their job um highest ceilings bobby I mean, Kelvin Banks has a very high ceiling. Oh, um, dude. Come on. I, Derek, Derek Williams. Derek Williams. Manny a, Muhammad. Uh, probably Jonte Cook. I'll tell you um, a guy who has a really high ceiling, Cam Williams. Oh, yeah. Cam Williams. Uh, Cole Hudson, I think, has one. DJ Campbell. Uh, Cedric Baxter. Literally, I, look, guys, based on what I just saw, and I know he's not a senior. He's only a junior. Based on what I've seen the last half of this season, Gunnar Helms an NFL prospect. Yeah. He doesn't necessarily have the highest ceiling. Um, uh, Anthony somebody, Hill, <laughs> you think he has NFL potential? Uh, high Arch, Man- Arch Manning, Arch Manning. <laughs> so, I, guys like Sadir Mitchell has yeah. it. Uh, uh, Ethan, Ethan Burke has it. Yeah, guys, littered with it right now. Now. Is it littered with it the same level as Georgia and Alabama? I wouldn't say that per se, but Texas is getting in that category. You keep adding eight to 10 NFL players a year via recruiting, you're going to end up looking like Alabama and Georgia and LSU. A good problem to have, no doubt. Yes, that that is the problem you want to have. (laughs) Let's be clear, that's the one. That's the one you want to have. I, I mean, Burt Reynolds, good points. He's uh, the high school guys. Colin Simmons signed when he gets in immediately. He's a guy that has extremely high ceiling. I mean, there's going to be a few of those in eight. 12 of 20 commitments are early enrollees. The guys, that Texas, the guys that Texas is still – and Christian Clark's working to be. I don't know if he'll pull it off. I've heard Brandon Baker looks really good to be an early enrollee, so I, I'm including him in that 12. But here's the thing. The guys Texas is still after – Kobe Black, early enrollee. Xavier Phil, same, early enrollee. TJ Lindsay, I think Auburn's a tough beat right now. He's an early enrollee. So you start looking at these guys that Texas is still after. They're all early enrollees. I mean, Texas could end up with 50. Daniel Cruz is an upside guy. There you go. Uh, 15 guys were early enrollees in the 23 class. I think that number could be about the same, 14 or 15 in this class. Jeez, that's just a, guys, do you realize that's just an extra whole workout year with your team like that that is so different than when I went to school I mean you could have these true freshmen actually bypass what is normally the freshman wall 
Yeah. Right. Because they've been on campus and all of a sudden they have to do homework in the third and fourth week once school starts. Now you just bypass all of that. They're already used to having classes and being on campus and the workout. Their legs aren't suddenly as tired. They have six months worth of workouts. I mean, it's it's a big deal. And, and I want to add in the NIL day and age, you are not thinking right if you're not an early enrollee. You're yeah. not thinking correctly. <laughs> if you can be, right. If you can be. Derek, like, hey, so I want people to know this. Derek Williams wanted to be in. I was down at uh, Westgate High at New Iberia to check on Jabari Antoine, some of their younger guys a couple weeks ago. And the most the most interesting part of the conversation for me uh, was with the Westgate staff when they said Derek Williams wanted to be an early enrollee. He had the credits. There was no reason for him to still be in high school except, I guess, New Iberia, Parish, whatever. Um, it, they did not have early high school graduation. But you know what? That's now changed because of Derek Williams and the Westgate staff went and fought for this. And then other coaches in that area or in that parish said the same thing. This makes no sense. This kid should have been at Texas competing uh, from day one. He had his high school credit. He had done everything we asked him to do as an athlete and a student. Why are we holding him back? Uh, well, we talked about NFL players, but Zach wants to know, with a strong season this year and one's coming possibly, do you see Sark ever jumping ship to go back to the NFL as a head coach? Depends how Texas compensates him. And let, let, let's, be, let's be real. He's a win away from about eight a year. Yeah. <laughs> and, and here's the other thing. I don't think he'll leave as long as Arch Manning's at Texas. Yeah. That is a... That's a big pull because you know you got a quarterback. I mean, man, if 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 you're a quarterback coach and all of a sudden you go to the NFL and you don't have a quarterback, that's a D, that's a DFF job destined yeah. for failure. You got to have a quarterback in the NFL. So unless you're going to a place that has one, no thanks. All right, this next super chats from Archmania. Thank you, Arch. She says, how big was A.D. Mitchell coming in the portal? Had to put it hard to put enough emphasis his contribution has made. Easily three in difference with yes. or without him. Do you agree? I agree 100%. Uh, I agree 100%. I think his impact, I don't think we can uh, say it enough. Uh, this guy caught a touchdown pass in every college football playoff game he's ever played. That This guy makes plays when it matters. He is not scared of the moment. He has been – I think it's also where he came from. He came into Texas as Sark was trying to get this thing over the hump, and they still have to win Friday to truly get this thing over the hump, but they're on their well, they're on their way. But you bring in a guy who not only was part of winning, but he watched how it happened, and he also was coming in – with it as a guy who missed nine games last year with a high ankle sprain or about parts of nine games. So he came in with something to prove. He had the rings, but he came in with something to prove as for the NFL. And that to me makes for a great portal player uh, because he's been at a winning program uh, and he's got a lot to prove. It's kind of his contract year. Uh, but for just how changed the Texas offense, Bobby, you go from, all right, a D coordinator says, okay, we can do something here. This worthy kid's really good. The Sanders guy's a first-year starter. Uh, the Helm kid's young. Um, but, you know, we can do something here. This year it's like, okay, there's Mitchell. There's Worthy. 
there's the Whittington guys, a heck of a role player. And JT Sanders, second year starter, and this Gunner Helm guy's pretty good too. Oh, and their running backs are really good. It's just suddenly a different look for a defensive coordinator and what they have to do to defend Texas. I'm reading. I, I'm thinking back. the The thought was was said they don't win three games with the two. I I could say I bet they don't with two of them. Bama. Mm-hmm. That touchdown catch against Bama was just beautiful. Great move. Not. At, I don't know that another player on the roster, except for maybe Xavier Worthy, who wouldn't have gotten that coverage if right. AD, if Adonai Mitchell hadn't been out there. Um. I I would say. Bama and Adonai Mitchell's catch there and then TCU. I don't think Texas wins either of those without him. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. There may be a third and I'm missing it, but he's been worth some wins as much as anybody because you know what he is, Jerry? He's a touchdown scorer. Yes. Touchdown scorers matter. That yep. That's ultimately what matters. All right, guys, this next one, uh, Travis Bingham, you actually put this in right when the guys were talking about it, so your Super Chat has been answered, but we do appreciate the Super Chat. Thanks, Uh, And then we've had this question a lot today, guys. Bobby, I'm hoping you can clarify for people. Will Tharp's press conference happen today or tomorrow due to Thanksgiving? You know, I have it. Thomas Stepp Stepp is the uh, sports information director uh, for football. Uh, for the University of Texas. I have not gotten an email from him uh, about that yet. So usually he sends it out around this time. Uh, it is typically on Thursday. I don't know if it's going to be moved. So I'll, I'll let you guys know as soon as I know. Hey, and by the way, I, I feel like I, I misspoke earlier with Sark. Uh, K.J. Lacey's really damn good coming in in 25, too, quarterback. I, I think as long as Sark has the quarterbacks coming That's in. That's what I was trying to say. Yeah, I mean – Look, you're already pre- – hey, and Bobby, what you said earlier, college football is almost the NFL in a way now anyways. Well, my point is this, right, is as long as a, a coach like Sark has a quarterback, in, in college football, you can control that. In pro football, you either get lucky or you don't. Yeah. I mean – and frankly, you don't get to choose the quarterback unless you're Andy Reid or some guy that's or Bill Belichick who's been around for a decade right. and you get your general manager actually trusts your feedback. I mean, as a head coach, you actually have autonomy in, in, in uh, college football. In pro football, the head coach does not have autonomy unless you've earned it, right? Um, yep. And so, and, and for Sark, I can guarantee you quarterback, it starts with quarterback and whether or not he thinks he has somebody. No doubt. More, more super chats to get to, guys. And uh, real quick, Damon Graham, I we got your super chat, but it showed up as a super sticker. If you'll send it normal, I'll be sure to fix that. But John Seeger here. Uh, thank you, John. He says, thanks for the great uh, content daily. Happy Thanksgiving, fellas. Thank Happy you, John. Thanksgiving. Thanks, John. Appreciate it, man. Enjoy your family this week. And then we have another super chat. Uh, we have a bunch more. <laughs> so y'all just get ready. Chris Jackson. How cool would it be if history repeats itself? Texas beats Georgia like we did USC after they blew out a Big Twelve team. Quinn leaves though. Uh, I don't think I don't think uh, Quinn might leave if they won the national championship. Now, I'll I'll, I'll say that um, I don't know. Uh, I don't know that that might be the ten percent right. But as of two weeks ago, I was told ten per, ten per, or ninety percent chance chance he's coming back. And no one has circled back with me and said that's not true. 
They've said, oh, he hasn't made up his mind yet, but they haven't debated the 90% staying comment. There you go. And then another super chat from Zane Petty. He says, why can't Texas pass a law paying high school players NIL like other states? When will it happen? Is it causing high school players to leave the state? It's causing basketball players to, but I don't look, it's an interesting one because I think Florida just voted to pass this right. Um, state of Florida, which will make recruiting in the state of Florida a little more interesting moving forward. I, I believe on a few kids. Um, I was actually talking to a high school staff about this on the road last week. And it's, it's so interesting, Bobby, if a kid, the, the big thing the high, with the high school coaches is if a kid signs his scholarship papers, that's a different conversation. Okay. Kind of like what state of Missouri did. But if you're just saying, Hey, NIL, if you know, if you're a prospect and the, the coaching, the coaches are like, Whoa, this would be the wild, wild West in high school football in the state of Texas. Then you'd have about seven power programs that could get things done with NIL through high school and then the the state's done in football, right? Then, then it becomes seven teams and just have your own league, right? I mean, so as long as there are scholarship papers signed, I think that will eventually happen in, in the state of Texas. Bobby, I don't know if you have a different opinion on it, but that's the only way it happens. Well, the Texas legislature only meets once every two years. So they're not going to do any, anything additional for at least another year. Um, so that that's one piece. The thing that I'm interested in right now is not so much the NIL anymore and in, in the various state laws. It's whether or not we're going to get any national law surrounding it, which, I, you know, the law, we we have so many problems from a national uh, national uh, representation standpoint in the Senate and the House that it's just crazy. They can't get things done that, you know, look, I'm not saying one way or the other. I'm just saying thinking that our government is going to be able to legislate um, NIL is uh, kind of ridiculous. Um, one thing that would that I would say is that's what's happening right now in a uh, district court, I believe it was in California, approved the idea that the NIL may actually come in as part of TV revenue going forward. And if that happens... And they're saying that the players are worth at least 10% of television revenue based on their name, image, and likeness. Um, so that automatically makes, so what is Texas getting TV revenue right now? 80 million, you know, what? or what's the SEC going to get? Who knows, right? So yeah. 10% of that goes to them. That's a, that's a big number. That is in the offing. They're still litigating it. Uh, but those are the types of things that could just fundamentally change NIL and frankly, probably take the money from where it should come from, which is the TV money coming, coming into the university. Agreed. All right. So Damon Graham got his super chat in. So we're going to jump back over to it. And obviously he's being sarcastic here, but he said, can we get back to addressing how terrible Stark's play calls are and how terrible our defensive backs are? All this love we're giving our Longhorns makes me feel like this is a trap game. LOL. Uh -oh. Just just wait until the first quarter on, on Friday. <laughs> All bets are off. If uh, the minute uh, we give uh, the Longhorns give up a touchdown or uh, Sark calls a bad third down. It'll come back, David. 
Uh, we've, uh, we've had some questions on Keelan Moses, younger brother of Dylan Moses, linebacker in the Baton Rouge area. Um, yeah, yeah, Texas is in that. Uh, we'll see which way it goes. Uh, he's deciding here pretty soon. I think that's a little soon uh, for Texas. Texas is doing extremely well with Riley Pettijon, the 2025 linebacker at McKinney High, by the way, since we're talking about McKinney on the show a little bit. Uh, but Texas does like Keelan Moses, um, but he's, he's deciding pretty quick here. Jerry, we've also had a lot of questions about, and I know we kind of touched on this yesterday, but Raymond Cottrell uh, from AM, have you heard anything on that? Because we've had that asked numerous times today. I, I've heard nothing on that one. Texas oh, is God. one of 22 that he's been. <laughs> just cracks he's me from up. From Milton, Florida. Um, I don't think there's much to that as of as yet. Uh, Texas probably just reached out to him to get Evan's number. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible, Jerry. Terrible. <laughs> Uh, oh, like Texas, like Texas doesn't have it from Quinn Ewers. Come on. <laughs> or John Tay Cook. Yeah. <laughs> All right, another super chat here. This one from Football Junkie. You want to thank him. He says, what's the latest updates on Galette, Burrell, and or Billy Walton? Do you guys see them playing next season? Yes, I see them playing. It's just what role, how much. You know, I mean, I think that's the key. I think inside linebacker is going to be really – uh, linebacker position for me in the spring is going to be a fun one to follow because you have all these young guys. You have, and they all redshirted, Bobby. I mean, Leon LaFowle, I know he's played, but it somewhat feels like a redshirt to him because you haven't seen him in a lot of snaps playing linebacker, right? Um, but you have Tassilia Kana, you have Billy Walton at edge, you have Burrell, you have Gallette, all these guys, Colton Vosick edge, but all these guys redshirted this year um, so it's going to be interesting to see how those guys, what they look like physically uh, in the spring compared to where they were in the fall. Uh, Leon LaFowle's got to gain weight moving to the SEC, I think. Uh, but how how much of they, how much are they thinking less and just reacting and playing? What's Darian Gillette's progression like playing linebacker truly for the first time? Hellacious athlete, pound for pound, one of the top five, six athletes in the program probably. Uh, but now he's learning a position for the first time. And then the next thing that comes with that, does, is he going to be phys as physical as he needs to be as a linebacker, or is he going to be more of an edge guy? Uh, because he's got he's to make those, take those steps, technique learning the position, and then he's got to bring it physically to the level they're going to need him to. And I'm not saying Darren Gillette's never, not a physical player. He's never – that's never really been what he's had to do, though. He played quarterback, receiver, safety. I mean, he played all over the place. His job was to make plays, go run, and use his athleticism and score touchdowns for Marlin. Now he's asked to do something totally different as a player. Uh, so he's got a, he's got a, no different than with Christian Jones uh, as an offensive lineman. You have to take your physicality up two, three, four notches uh, to be what you can be and maximize your potential. All right. Oh man. Okay. Um, I, I want to ask this before we close the show out today because this has been asked a few times as well. Tom Rucker says, "How does Kansas State versus Iowa State have any bearing on our Big Twelve championship game chances if we don't defeat Tech, Bobby?" Yeah, this is the reason. So it would be if Kansas State loses, it would be a three-way tie between Texas, Oklahoma State, and Oklahoma. Okay because there would only be te three teams uh, that have two losses. Texas has lost to Oklahoma. Oklahoma has beat Texas. 
Oklahoma State has beaten Oklahoma. So Oklahoma State would be the one seed and uh, Oklahoma would be the two seed because they have a direct win. That's that's what it is. Um, and so uh, if, if you look at it that way, that's why Texas needs Kansas State to win because then te- Texas has a one-in-one record against those, uh, those teams uh, and that Texas would go ahead of OU and Oklahoma State would be one. By the way, some people are saying they will. Uh, uh, who do you want? Some people have said Oklahoma. I want Oklahoma State if Texas wins. Here's why I want Oklahoma State because they beat OU, Kansas, Kansas State. I, I think that'd be a, it, that'd be a great opponent. I know some people say I want another crack at Oklahoma. Eh, I want I want Mike Gundy. I want Oklahoma State because they've already beat those three teams, and that will be talked about all week leading into the Big Twelve Championship. Oklahoma State, they'll be ranked about, what, 17, 18 in the college football playoff next week. I think they're 20 right now. But people will say, look, this Oklahoma State team, yeah, they had a stinker against UCF. Yeah, they struggled early. But after Mike Gundy stopped the QB rotation and they started going to what was best in the run game, they beat Kansas State, Kansas, and Oklahoma. This is a good football team. I I, I think that would be uh, the best team and scenario for Texas uh, the week of the Big 12 championship. I want Texas Oklahoma State because the only the thing that Oklahoma State does great on offense is run the football. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think that Texas does great on defense? Yeah. Stop the run. I think that I think that is a that's the one team that Oklahoma State shouldn't want is Texas. Frankly. Now they may not want OU because OU has a a, a revenge game there but yeah, I, I agree with Bobby Petronic here. Never give OU a chance for a trophy. That, that's they can right. Get on their couches and rot. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, Bobby. I love it. Oh man! All right, guys. Uh, Jerry, I know we've we've talked about it quite a bit today, but one more time, just because we've had so many people join since the last time you talked about it, can you run down the the news of the day that you posted over on Inside Texas? Yeah, yeah. Last night, uh, posted Xavier Phil Same was on campus with his father yesterday. Attended Texas practice. Uh, spent time with the Texas staff. Visit went well. Considering coming back, obviously for another visit before signing day. Still scheduled to be at Florida uh, this weekend, Saturday for the Florida Florida State game. Question is, I mean, could he fly in Saturday and show up at Texas for the Texas Tech game Friday? And eh, we'll see. But I do think there's a chance he gets back on Texas campus. Uh, before signing day. And then the other thing was Evan Stewart. I'd not expected to travel with the team to LSU. We'll see. Can things change? Obviously, they can change. But as of yesterday, he was not expected to do that. He was expected to put his name in the portal with Alabama, Ohio State, Texas, and Oregon being the four teams that you'll hear the most. Uh, Also, one last thing. If you did not hear this or see this late last night, college football playoff rankings came out. Texas remains at seven ahead of Alabama, the only change was they flip-flopped Florida State from four to five with Washington uh, following Washington's win against Oregon State. Uh, the other aspect there is Florida State now uh, does has lost their quarterback in that game uh, against uh, last week. Uh, so that is a big one uh, for Florida State to actually move out of the top four. Uh, that could continue if they don't look good, given they're now starting a backup quarterback and the fact that the college football playoff committee has said they will take injuries into consideration. All right, Bobby, before we get out of here, let everybody know what they can expect later today right here on On Texas Football. Yeah, absolutely. We've got the uh, state of the program. Myself, Eric Nolene, publisher of InsideTexas.com, 
uh, will be joining me. We'll be talking about the a lot of this, the same stuff, but a little bit of a more uh, broad perspective based on where Texas is with the portal and recruiting right now. Uh, furthermore, uh, we've got uh, tonight the live stream. Uh, Justin Wells will be on along with Rod Babers. Uh, they'll be uh, going at it tonight, talking a little Longhorn football. Uh, Rod's got some stuff he wants to talk about Texas Tech for sure and a breakdown there. And then tomorrow, just a reminder, we do have coffee football, coffee and football in the morning. And I want to make a special announcement. This is a – there are a lot of basketball fans out there, some basketball fans. This is awesome, people. Yeah, <laughs> some, some basketball fans. On Sunday, we have a special episode coming up just for basketball fans. Uh, tune in if you will uh, like it. DJ Augustine and Royale Ivy will be co-hosting with a friend of mine, Nick Shuley. Caden Shedrick, uh, the new transfer from West Virginia, will join them. It'll be about a 30-minute show just on basketball, uh, and we'll have that here for you on uh, this channel. Uh, thank you all very much for joining us this morning. I hope everybody has a happy Thanksgiving. Hey, 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 people, y'all been asking. There's no Manscaped read, okay? I, but look, there's no doubt Manscaped is the gold standard of growing okay? I'll leave y'all with that today. Oh, man. And they'll be back. They will be back shortly. They're, they're, they're getting ready for Christmas. So <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, we want to thank all of you for tuning in. We want to thank Adam Lowy of the Lowy Law Firm for sponsoring today's show. Thank you for all the super chats. There were a ton of them. And thank you for all the questions. Speaking of super chats, we just had one come in. So we ain't done yet, fellas. Abel Martinez says, what is the over under? Brett Yormark shows up to the game wearing a double D tie or pin. You know, look, every, Bobby already hit on this. The only reason the guy's coming to Austin is so he can hang out with uh, Mark Henry and The Undertaker. <laughs> I, I think the reason he's coming to Austin is trying to get his name out there and self-promote. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't care about football. No. I mean, give me a break. He, yeah. He's more likely to wear a WWE pin than he has a big a Texas Tech or Texas or Big 12 pin. That's my opinion. He's on the phone this morning with Bill Self. Kid, don't you ever let shock a smart bully you on the court again. <laughs> Frank, yeah. uh, next time for the live show tonight is 7 p.m. with Rod and Justin. Thank you, Bobby. All right, guys. Well, like I said, that is going to do it for today's show. So we will be back same time, same place tomorrow for a special Thanksgiving edition of Coffee and Football right here on On Texas Football. So until then. I'm uh, for Bobby Burton and Jerry Hamilton. I'm Blake Monroe, and we'll see you tomorrow. Hook them, guys. <laughs>